0: You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got The Dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating show. I'm Noah Scott and want to welcome today's guest to the show. She is from California. She's 21. She's also a lesbian TikToker and aspiring to make it in social media. She's super passionate about stock market investing and she loves to joke about dating. So (laughs) welcome Marissa to the show, everyone. So, Marissa, how's it going? Thanks for being here.
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. I'm really stoked to be here.
0: Right on. So give our listeners a little bit of background on yourself. Like what other than trading in the stock market and, and goofing around on TikTok, what what do you how's your relationship status right now and just in general?
1: Sure thing. Yeah. i um, currently single, just trying to really figure my life out, man. I'm only 21 years old, just really trying to make it in the world. I have no idea what I'm doing, to be quite honest with you. But social media just started to pick up for me. I want to say I joined in April and TikTok's been my main platform. So it's really just sparked since then. And it's growing interchanges here and there, going fast, going slow, but hoping to so- like focus really on social media.
0: And interesting, is that because you were just like locked up during the Corona pandemic and you were...
1: You know what? Honestly, it was due to a breakup, if I'm being completely honest hmm. with you. Yes.
0: Let's talk about that. You can't just... Uh, no, break up What was going through your mind and like how did social media help you cope with that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I actually, I was living with my ex at the time and we got out of this It was a very uh, toxic relationship. It was good that we both split on that end and moved back in with my parents. It was great. And uh, she told me about TikTok and she was showing me her platform and how it was very, it was just growing for her. And I was like, you know what? This is making me a little jealous. So I was like, I'm going to get on TikTok and I'm going to show her what I can do and to be completely honest with you, it was out of jealousy, it was out of spite, but now it's changed into something amazing. I didn't expect to be here. So yeah, it's really, honestly, I want to say that it COVID definitely was a main thing. Going to social media helped me to get over that, but also getting over my breakup.
0: Are you still friends with your ex now? Did you guys have some time to heal things and now you just don't talk?
1: Nope. We just don't talk.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That's a bummer. Maybe one day that'll change, but yeah. <laughs> So let's circle back to the TikToks. You mentioned earlier something you, you do you focus primarily on like lesbian topics like what's your sort of uh, your go-to stick what do, what do people yeah. generally find when they go to your channel? It's
1: just lesbian content. I'm targeting all my women loving women out there that just want funny stupid content and it's just hilarious. Here and there we'll occasionally bash men no offense it's just a joke. I love everybody but we occasionally all bash on them a little bit but mostly just focused around like the lesbian community any woman loving woman that can find my account and relate to a lot of the stuff that i post all
0: right so yeah. share one of the one of the one of the stories that that you that you do that you, that one of the more popular sort of uh,
1: oh yeah you do so i honestly man it goes all over the place it really just depends on the audios that i find when i'm on my for you page but one main one actually blew up i want to say about a month and a half ago like over 4 million views and it was me asking everybody what it's like to sleep with a man. I was like, hey, I want to know as a woman loving woman who's never slept with a man before, please flood my comment section with what it's like to sleep with a man. And that took across all platforms. It was on Facebook. It was on Instagram, TikTok. And it just, the comment section on that video is hilarious. So that's probably (laughs) the one that I'm most proud of. It was so funny to go to. Anybody can look at it and It's just so funny. It's the funniest comment section I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All right, now let's flip it back to you. What's it like sleeping with a woman?
1: It is the greatest thing, man. Like, it is life-changing. I think I couldn't, I don't have anything to compare it to. Like I said, I've never slept with a man before. But it's a lot of straight women struggle with having orgasms, man. It's a common problem and not in a lesbian relationship. That's for sure. (laughs) That's for sure.
0: All right. Before we, I do want to get into some more like psychological questions as well. But while we're on the Definitely. topic, yeah, what is the advice that you can give for men to help their women orgasm?
1: I think they need to ask their lady what they want. They need to say, hey, what is it that you want? Because oftentimes, what I've noticed with my straight friends as well is they're just like, they don't feel comfortable telling the guy what they want. And they'll go in full confidence and they have no idea what they're looking for, what they're doing. And I think they really just need to. Have that conversation with their lady friend, whoever they're sleeping with. Be like, "What is it that you like? What can I do to like make you have an orgasm in bed?" I think that's the most important thing.
0: Is there is there like an age where you really figure that out as a woman. I think that it's interesting that I now that I'm in my thirties, most of the women I'm dating have their they, they know what they're looking for. But I found Definitely, that yeah. yeah, in in my twenties, I would notice that it wasn't always the case. So what what have you, you found?
1: I think it just depends on the woman. I think it depends on if they are like pleasuring themselves, if they do that on their own, or if it's depending on the man that they've slept with. I think it all comes with experience. I don't think there's like a specific age cap of when they're going to know. I think it's just based off of experience.
0: Got it. All right. And so earlier we were talking about how you, the last relationship that you were in, it had a major impact on you. And I think that after being so close with someone and then getting to the point where it becomes toxic. And now you can, you both don't speak with each other. I want to talk a little bit about some of the lessons learned from that. And particularly if if you're willing to go there, maybe share a story of a time that you faced one of the biggest struggles that you faced. And, And it could also be with a different relationship as well. But when it comes to relationships in general, what have you found? Take us to that point where it was just, Maybe uh, uh, the hardest moment that you faced in relationships and what you did to get through that.
1: Definitely, yeah. I think the toxicity of the relationship itself was probably the hardest obstacle to overcome. When you're in a toxic relationship, it's very addicting. It becomes very addicting because it's like, nope, I'm sh- I'm so in love with this person, and you you want to deny all of these signs. You want to deny all these signs that it's a toxic mm-hmm. relationship. And I think the most like the most difficult part of being in a toxic relationship is getting over that point of like, actually sitting down with yourself and realizing that this is toxic. This isn't good for you. You have to to be honest with yourself. And you have to understand, like, for me, I was like, I couldn't see a life without her. That was my biggest thing is I don't know how I can live without this girl. And at the end of the day, you have to know that you need to be there for yourself. You need to be able to live with yourself and you don't need anybody else to do that. So I think it's really just getting over that point of that toxicity and understanding like this is not a good relationship. And also understanding that toxic relationships are so addicting. They are. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the way that it works. Very addicting.
0: Yeah. And it's really challenging when you do realize that because there's this, the brain wants to keep you in that pattern. And so the moment you start to say, wait, I want out, the brain's going to try to trick you and keep you there. And it only ends with if you do get out and you just a little bit. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And then especially when you have your, like your life established together, like we had an apartment, we had pets, which was the biggest heartbreak. We had a cat, we had a dog and it's, you see this life that you have with each other, but at the end of the day, like you can't hold on to that. You have to constantly be moving forward and not just reflect on like, okay, we have this life together. No, you can go around it. You can resolve it. You can figure something else out. It's not worth it to stay in like that toxic environment.
0: Yeah. And So earlier on the show, before we started rolling, you were mentioning that you've got some rather steamy adventures that you've had in your dating life.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I've got a I've got a fun one.
0: (laughs) Take us on that journey. I think our listeners, there's a lot of curiosity. What happens in a lesbian relationship? What's what is what goes on?
1: Yeah, this was at a time when I was closeted. I was dating this girl. Nobody knew that we were together and we didn't really have anywhere to sleep with each other. The back of the car, I call it the shagging wagon. That was the place to be. And uh, it was great. It was great. So I live in the countryside. There's really not very many people out. So we pulled into this side of the road, figured that nobody was going to pull up behind us. So we're doing our thing and this car pulls up behind us and directly behind us. Like we're on a road that nobody goes down and they turn off their lights. And I'm like, this isn't okay. So I'm completely naked, right? She takes her blanket and like puts it on the back of the window. <laughs> I climb up to the front seat of my car. And my car sometimes doesn't start when I first turn it on. So I was like, please. I was just praying. I was like, please start. It started, and then I put it in drive. She, were, we were just a total mess, right? No clothes on, speeding away from this car, and they follow us. <laughs> they turn their lights back on, they follow us, and I don't even know how fast I was going, but it was like the, down these winding roads, trying to get away from these people for five minutes, probably five minutes. I could not lose these people, and to this day, I still want to find out who it is, not to like, bash them. I'm just very curious as to who's was following me. It was the funniest thing and basically ruined car sex for me for the rest of my life
0: <laughs> wow yeah that has got to be very frightening that's oh, yeah like, oh wow, that's my heart was racing what was it a cop was it yeah it's
1: hey that's that was my fear i'm just grateful it wasn't a cop because who knows what, what would have happened like it
0: better it that it it's a cop happened. than some somebody that doesn't mean
1: that's true, but imagine a cop like rolling up on you and you just, uh, you can maybe, get a very, you can get fired. Maybe it was a that. female
0: cop and you could have had a uniform. Maybe we could
1: have had like, like a third. Who That's knows? true.
0: She could have been a hottie too.
1: She could have been. She could have been. I don't think it was.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about that. You know, what, when you are in a relationship, how do you structure it? Do you generally find like you're monogamous? Like, and so when you're with each other, it's just the two of you and,
1: Yeah, yeah. For me personally, I'm monogamous all the way, especially in a very intimate relationship. I just want one person and expecting my partner to be the same way. I think that there's a lot of, especially in the LGBTQ community, there's a lot of different, like like polygamy is another option. I don't know all of the different models, but for me personally, yes, one, one partner all the time. I don't think I could do multiple. I don't think I could. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it takes a special level of communication, I think, to be able to do anything, even a monogamous relationship. It, it all requires some form of trust and communication. And, and, oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I actually, I sat with this woman on the plane uh, one time. She told me about her relationship, and it was a, what is it? Paul, is it polyamorous?
0: Polly's that- one where they have like multiple lovers. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's what she was in. And she explained it to me and my mind was just blown at, at how they, they follow that. I don't even know. I just, I couldn't do it personally, but it made so much sense. And she was explaining it to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's wild. So yeah. Let's talk a little bit about what is important to you in your partner, because I think that's something that as you experience more and more, when like the first couple of relationships, you just go with proximity, like who's closest, who's, who's making out with me at the party when we're all drunk. Right. And then later, as you get burned a few times, as you go through life, you start to become more selective. And you start to understand what is important to you and what turns you on. And so let's take a minute and just for Marissa, explain what makes a good match.
1: What makes a good match? I personally look for somebody that knows exactly what they are looking for in a relationship. It's like, what their love language is, what they're expecting out of a relationship and what they need me to like be able to give to them. I think that's super important. I think having that communication up front of this is what I want, this is what I need and just sharing that communication with them right from the start is very important. I think somebody that has completely gotten over their previous partner, I think oftentimes in lesbian relationships we get stuck. We get stuck with like our ex and it's a constant like back and forth. And you just have to like truly have gotten over that previous relationship before getting into another one. And somebody that doesn't move fast, that's another common thing in lesbian relationships is we move very fast. I don't know if you've heard of that, but you meet this girl and you instantly fall in love and you think that she's the one and it's, you have to take your time. And I think that like somebody for me, they have to be in the same boat, slow rolling, not speeding things up. Cause you really have to get to know somebody before you can just get into a relationship.
0: That's yeah. very funny because a few of the, I have a few of the lesbians that we've had on the show. That's been the theme. They go in and meet their partner and they, and they you know, later they're, they're moving in with each other.
1: It's the craziest, it's the craziest <laughs> thing. I did it. My last relationship, I think what we were together for, not even six months and we moved in together. It was wow. insane. Like who does that? I think you just really have to build that foundation with somebody and like actually get to know them. And it's hard. You like, we're very emotional. Women are very emotional. And like, we, when you connect with that other person, it's like, all these emotions are running wild and you think that's the one. And it's like, we just need a slower
0: roll. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right. So as we're working towards wrapping up, what would you say is a lot of times that during the show like one of the things like i'm really hoping that the listeners can achieve from from tuning in is to get some advice right we all go through tough times we all hit a roadblock here and there we're all either looking for love or we're looking for a better way to connect with our partner or just be more confident in ourselves mm-hmm. so with that in mind like what would actually i have one more question after this that i just remembered but so with that in mind what is the Like the best advice that you've heard from someone when you were going through a hard time, and somebody gave you some advice that really helped you pull through.
1: That's a good question. I think I'm trying to think of the best advice that I've ever received from somebody. I think it could also also
0: be a book, or uh, if you listen to a a YouTube channel and and they said something that was just like the light bulbs went off, and you're like, oh yeah, all right, I feel you.
1: Yeah, I think you just you really have to love yourself first before trying to seek out. If you're looking for love you have to be really confident in who you are first and sure of yourself before you get into that other relationship, before you start seeking out other relationships, because I think oftentimes that'll just cause problems. And you just really, you have to love yourself and you have to love being alone. At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, like you have to love being alone and know that yes, you can have a partner in your life, but when they're not there, like you still need to be in love with being alone. Like you have to be in love with yourself. And that's probably the most Important advice that I've ever received from my friends, especially getting out of, like I said, that last relationship. It's like, at the end of the day, you have yourself, and that's the most important thing. Is you need to take care of yourself, and you need to love yourself before anything else. I think that's probably the most important thing.
0: Beautiful. Okay, so <laughs> I, I did say I have one more question. How does how do you find partners as a lesbian? Especially, you said you were in a small town, right? So.
1: Yeah. am just curious
0: how that works. So now you have TikTok. So people are probably sliding into your DM a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. So oftentimes, I'm glad that you asked that. Oftentimes, dating apps are the way to go for lesbians. Like It's really common because I can't just walk down the street and look at a girl and be like, oh, she's gay. You can make those assumptions. Sometimes it's pretty obvious. but It's like dating apps are super important, I feel like, in the LGBTQ community in general. And that's something really big. Personally, I don't like dating apps. I now that I have TikTok, you're right. I've had, I have had my experiences with different girls on there. Like they will, they'll reach out to me. And I personally like connecting with somebody on TikTok because you can see their personality on there before anything else. Like a dating app photos, and that's great. And you can text here and there, but I personally like seeing others' personalities just come through and they're in their tiktok page so that's what i focus on now not i don't have dating apps anymore but yes tiktok especially has helped me a lot they call it the new tinder for lesbians
0: <laughs> tinder for lesbians there we go they
1: do they do <laughs>
0: fantastic it's been yes. a, it's been a blast having you on the show how do our listeners find you and stay in touch if they got a crush how do they send you a message
1: you can uh follow me on tiktok at Wilkes and uh can check me out there
0: (laughs) right on thank you so much
1: thank you have a good one
0: thanks for listening to this episode of the dirt on dating show we hope you enjoyed the ride stay safe talk dirty and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure